Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted changemaker with a bold vision to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one-size-fits-all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy, and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real, lasting, positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way. Hi, and welcome back to episode two of the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem with Shanti Zach and Don Petron. We are so happy that you are here. So happy. You have no idea. <laughs> Should we, should we give them an idea of how happy we are? <laughs> Imagine being four years old mm. and finding a magic lamp on your okay. bedroom floor one morning and a genie popping out uh-huh. and you any wish. Right. How excited you would be. That's... That's my level of excitement. Oh, I love it. And that also makes me think of the fact that I may or may not be watching Witcher for the second time the whole season this week. Um, <laughs> and it makes me think of like the gin who pops out. And I am hoping that we can only uh, bring you happiness with our uh, granting of wishes. I love it. I think I feel like, you know, that cotton candy GIF or GIF or what have you that we love using. I think I'm that excited. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So thanks for listening. We actually got some really lovely feedback from people after our first podcast. And I will admit to it have been pretty scary for me to put myself out there. So it was really nice to have people like, you know, popping into the DMs on Instagram and filling out our feedback form, which we will drop into the show notes again today in case there's anything you want to say to us or anything you want us to talk about moving forward. But yeah, it feels a lot more comfortable, I think, this episode too. How about you, Shanti? Yeah, wow. What a profound emotional experience (laughs) of doing something that feels slightly terrifying Mm -hmm. and having it work out. Yes. You got to love when that happens. Yeah. Doing terrifying things. We should definitely have a podcast about doing terrifying things because I think that both of us kind of do that pretty often. But today we're going to talk a little bit more about ecosystems, especially because our podcast is called The Entrepreneur's Ecosystem. And I was just walking in the forest because the sun came out and it's pretty rainy in these mountains these days. So yeah, I went into the forest with my boyfriend and we found so many mushrooms and I was actually thinking about how we were going to record this afterwards and how it just felt so fitting to be like out in the dappled sunlight and like the creeks running again because it had dried out over the summer and then there's like mountains everywhere and not mountains yes those two mushrooms everywhere 
He's got a really good eye for him though, for those. We're going to have to bring him next time we go out. And also about how I knew that none of them were edible because of the last time when you and I went mushroom hunting and you had like shown me which ones we could eat and which ones we couldn't eat. Yeah, I think mean, that's so much about like what I know about maybe marketing too is because you have shown me. So today uh, we're going to pick your brain a little bit and find some edible mushrooms in some edible mushrooms within the empathy marketing ecosystem before we go there I have to make a confession okay I don't think I've told you this yet Uh uh-oh we went mushroom picking we we brought back what we thought were chanterelles yeah turns out Uh oh they were false chanterelles okay and they look really similar yeah I learned now like how to tell the difference they weren't deadly poisonous or anything obviously we're still here yeah (laughs) I know like the poisonous lookalike of chanterelles right but I'd never come across a false chanterelle Mm. and I posted the picture on Facebook and a friend of mine was like oh yeah, those are definitely false chanterelles. And then I like backtracked in my memory and remembered Colin had a really bad stomachache. Oh, shoot. And then kind of two days after we ate them, I had a really bad stomachache. Oh my gosh. Well, I didn't. Oh, oops. And (laughs) one of the symptoms of false chanterelles, if you ingest them, is just like a bit of a bellyache. So Nothing serious. Obviously you have a microbiome of steel (laughs) and it's all good, but still learning. And I hope that's not a metaphor for our podcast today. We, we are do our best not to give you any false chanterelles. No chanterelles, no false chanterelles. And yeah, I wish we could give everyone real chanterelles. There weren't any in the forest today, but there were lots that I thought might have been. So anyway, maybe I'll have to go back and and, uh, and maybe they're the real ones. I think we're a little late. That's amazing. Well, it was delicious anyway. And yeah, I'm not sure what that analogy might be, but I'm not going to try and sort it out. We'll save right that one. Now. We'll save that one for a yeah join our email list to hear about the metaphor between false chanterelles and real chanterelles and what happens when you eat them or you know just to get really good emails just saying but today we want to talk about the empathy marketing ecosystem whether or not you're into real chanterelles false chanterelles or any other sort of mushrooms I don't know why don't you take us off with like some etymology games want to play yeah because I had never realized until our podcast debuted that the root word of ecosystem is the same root word as economy. Mm -hmm. And I think we see those two things as like very different worlds, right? Mm. A natural ecosystem and a capitalism driven economy, like, Where's the connection there? Mm. So I did a little bit of digging and Mm -hmm. eco comes from the Greek oikos, meaning Mm -hmm. extended family unit that consists of the house, members of the family, slaves, farmland, and all property. Mm. More simply put, in relation to the environment. Okay. Where do we want to go it designates this broad 
self-sustained unit. Right. Which, yeah, it makes total sense that they would have that same root word. An ecosystem is a self-sustained unit as is an economy Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. are only successful if they can key into that environment, Mm. that self-sustained unit Mm -hmm. at large and determine what is missing in the same way that in an ecosystem, like if you were a predator Okay. Would thrive in that ecosystem if what's missing is diversity of predators. Like why we have so many deer. Yeah. And that's, you know, not a fitting analogy. (laughs) (laughs) I think it actually is. I think a lot of the time, maybe not like entrepreneurs, but a lot of the time we look at like corporations or business or economy as like predatory. And I think that like what we're about is not that that like selling doesn't have to mean taking advantage and that like all things in balance I guess and to me like an interesting thing about this like oikos and who nobody knows what ancient Greek sounded like so whether or not we got that right it's okay but yeah an interesting thing to me about that word is like that root word of eco is your farm, your family, the land you have and what's happening on it. But outside of it is a whole bunch of other ecosystems, right? And they're all actually like interrelating to each other. And I think that as entrepreneurs and business people and people just trying to survive in this crazy world, we do and have and should cultivate our own ecosystems, but they're definitely going to be connected with and relating to other ones. Just makes me think of like how many, and I mean this with love, but like how many coaching programs have you been through in the last five years? Right. So many. And often because there's just one thing Mm -hmm. in there that is missing in my ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So I search outside of my ecosystem to find it and bring it in. And that's where that like interrelating and bustling economy comes from. Yeah, totally. I like that a lot. And I think even this planet and its atmosphere aren't closed ecosystem. Like the sun is coming from outside of here. Probably the mushrooms just to go back into it also probably came from (laughs) like some meteor or something. Right. Exactly. But like, yeah, like things are actually like in the atmosphere, things are actually cycling in and out of space as well. So no matter like no matter what the idea of a closed ecosystem doesn't exist and it doesn't exist for your business either. Yeah. That reminds me of the email that we sent out yesterday. Okay. The theme was change Mm -hmm. and change being the only constant change is constant in a natural ecosystem, Mm. in any economy and in your business and in the ecosystem that you're building and in yourself right? It's nonstop. And that is a liberating thought. Yeah. I love that. 
like, so I do like quiz coaching, right? Sometimes. And like the one thing that I'm trying to tell people is like, things are going to evolve. So don't try and come up with this static, perfect thing right now. You need to start where you are. And then as you bring more people in via your quiz or whatever, your sort of like inbound marketing strategies are your business, your offers, even like who you are and your ability to see like what's going on in the world and what people need. Like, I think like when you say what's missing, what you mean in a bit is like what people need, like that niche that you can fill or what have you. And that's going to evolve as you evolve and as your audience evolves, even the idea of cultivating a community like maybe you launch a course once and you have this small community and then you launch again and you have a bigger community. And so like after that first launch, you will have learned so much from the people in it that by the time you're doing your next launch, your, your whole, like your course will be more robust. Or if it's not, then you're not paying attention. You're not doing that empathy ecosystem thing, which is like why I hope that we get into breaking it down pretty soon. But yeah. So, and then there's another gal I'm kind of like mentoring actually. And we were, I wanted to talk about it today. So that's perfect. She just sent me an email to read last night. This is like my like side gig for free or whatever, just like a buddy from Kelowna who's brilliant. And she sent me this email to read and it's sort of like her post, her like post course email. And it's so good. Honestly, her emails are so good now. I'm, I'm so proud. But then she offered them something and I was like, wait a minute, this is a really great chance for you to like get them to fill out a survey, find out where they're at with the course. Like it's like a, your own pace, like self-paced course, like find out what kind of extra help they need. Like, how do you even know what to offer them if you're not asking people like how things have landed and what you've learned and where you're stuck Yeah. And so like as her ecosystem grows, as her audience grows, and I think her offer will probably shift and change. It's going to be beautiful because it's going to be based on like these really beautiful human beings that she serves and what they need because she's listening. That's amazing. And a great point in discovering what is missing. The only way you do that is through asking questions. Yeah which can feel vulnerable and often it's easier to just throw out an offer and see if anybody bites. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's like the, the difference between like the empathy marketing ecosystem and like the throwing spaghetti at the wall ecosystem or something like that. Right. Both can work really. I mean, sometimes things stick and you're like, that's the direction I'm going to go. And that's the right direction. But after a while, at some point, it really is going to need to come down to like, what do the real human beings that you want to serve? What do they need? How do you find that out? And like, are you listening well enough? Yeah, totally. And that's actually one of the elements within the ecosystem model that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. It's the water element. Okay. The dynamic ebb and flow. I love it. We'll talk about that. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, we're talking about it and we're kind of skirting around things. So maybe I'm just going to start asking you questions about this so we can get like dive in. Does that work for you? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I think where I want to start with is like, where did the idea for this empathy marketing ecosystem model come from? So when I first started creating quizzes, they were Mm -hmm. quite, 
I don't know if formulaic is the right word, but I found a method that worked. I repeated it for different clients in different industries. And, and that was all great, but Mm -hmm. something started to shift when the clients I was working with brought feedback from their community to me and said, Oh, this person told me that they were crying because they felt so seen from just this quiz results. And look at these comments on this post. I shared the quiz and this is the response I got. And more and more evidence that Mm. people, by answering questions, Mm. felt more connected to the person on the other side of the quiz, Mm. the brand who had given them that experience of being seen, even if it's, yes, it's a scalable method, right? Right. Yeah. It's not like you're popping into their DMs personally, but it's still pretty powerful when that's the kind of response you're getting. And when I started to see that happening, I asked myself, and we can relate this back to the what's missing. Right. What is this? What what hole is this filling for people? And for the brand who's putting that resource out there as well. Mm -hmm. And really the answer was the beginning of a a bigger conversation Mm. and like some actual data and insight from the people who are giving them their time and energy. We're not Mm -hmm. even talking about money yet, right? but time and energy, like that's, that's worth a lot. And so if someone's going to give you that, you want to get a sense of who they are and where they're at and what they're dealing with and what their answers are to certain questions. And that just being the entry point to allow you to establish a sense of empathy, Mm -hmm. even if in the beginning, like you're still, you're not necessarily putting a face to the response, but you're getting tuned in and you're getting a sense of, whoa, people resonated with this. What do they Mm -hmm. need? What, What can I do more of here? And then from there to ask even deeper questions and get some actual personal responses in the words of the person that you want to help. Mm -hmm. That's so huge. Not just from a content creation standpoint, right? From an inspiration and vision standpoint. Mm, I like that. That's uh, interesting to kind of pull apart content creation and inspiration and vision. So did you start asking different sorts of questions when like when you started seeing like results like this with the quizzes? Yeah. Interesting. Ask the client, what do you want to know most about Uh your audience? Mm -hmm. And often that comes comes down to like in a general sense, what, what are you most interested in? Where are you at on your journey with whatever, fill in the mm-hmm. blanks. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you want? Like, what are you working toward? What are your goals? What are you struggling with the most in relation to whatever it is that they teach? And that's really the bulk of it are those key questions. 
-hmm. So you can have those questions and they don't even necessarily have to tie into the results. You can just have them to get a pulse of, okay, 70% of the people who took this yoga quiz said they have mobility issues. Right. So I'm not going to go and send them the Ashtanga right. series two or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you want to meet them where they're at. So I think that I started asking more, more questions on those parameters. And then there's, you know, the segmentation around what offers do you have that are going to meet the person taking your quiz exactly where they're at and give them what they need the most. So that also evolved through that discovery of, of people's responses mm-hmm. to what would now feel so like cringy to look upon like that, like early, early work. Right. But that still, because it was so personal mm-hmm. and you felt invested in answering those questions and getting a response, still effective. Mm-hmm. I like it. Let's shift a little bit from like the audience that these quizzes are creating into the person who is cultivating a community, right? So for us, it'd be like, sure, like you um, as the head of like the Shanti Zach empire, but also like our clients as the head of their own communities and their own ecosystems. So let's just like start playing with the metaphor a little bit and tell me like who the entrepreneur who would maybe be our client or or do their own work is in this empathy marketing ecosystem. Where do they fit in the ecosystem? Well, I'm going to back up just a few cases. Love it. And explain Sort of the overarching WTF, what is this empathy marketing ecosystem model? What is it all about? How and how I went from like discovering the importance of empathy in marketing Uh to this ecosystem model. That's really like the two-year process that you've kind of witnessed behind the scenes where this has all been coming together. Mm -hmm. So that's like a real messy internal discovery of like, okay, so empathy and marketing, but how does that work? And how can you have a repeatable framework that makes that doable? And, Uh And that's sort of where like the whole ecosystem idea came from because you're in constant flux and And this takes us to the role that the leader, the visionary, the whatever you want to call yourself, CEO of an organization sort of holds, even if that organization is just you. Right. And that is the role of the sun. And the sun provides 80% of the energy within any ecosystem in nature. Hmm. So in my backyard, the sun is what's driving growth for the most right. part. Mm-hmm. And it's the same in your business. Mm-hmm. But 
We'll talk about that. I'm going to give you the overall definition of the empathy marketing ecosystem. All right, good. It's basically a five-part cyclical marketing Mm -hmm. and business development methodology. And it's cyclical because there's no finish line here. Right. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do it and be done. It's it's constantly working with these elements. And so it's based on a holistic framework that's truly unique to every individual business owner. And Mm -hmm. it, as a model, it incorporates proven digital marketing strategies, like the stuff that we do for clients and that we teach quizzes, funnel strategies, those sorts of things, but combines that with the soul focused inquiry Mm -hmm. necessary to build a business that you actually love and can't wait to show up for. Mm, Yeah. I think I just want to say, like, I think that a lot of the time we look at business as like taking away where I think that we could look at business as like, what are you putting back into the system? How are you supporting the system? Like, I don't know where worms and mushrooms fit into your ecosystem, but I hope I'm it. Um, and just stop, <laughs> stop there. And like, and like, and kind of, yeah, I'll just let, let you keep going, but you are a mycelial mass. <laughs> yeah, I'm just underneath everything. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> surface keeping everything connected and in communication. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's just there's so many elements to mm-hmm. a thriving ecosystem, which is why it's so unique to everyone. Like. Mm. One person might need more worms. The other person might actually just need more sunlight. Right. And so what does that mean? Mm -hmm. This idea of the sun as a representation of you, of Mm -hmm. the the visionary. Mm -hmm. So the sun for me is this dynamic entity where Mm -hmm. like you have seasons of pure radiance and expansion. And then you have seasons of like, I feel like I'm clouded over. I can't break through the fog. What the heck Mm. is going on? And that's sort of constantly happening. Mm -hmm. So, right, like for the sun to shine, it's brightest. Mm -hmm. It can't be clouded by confusion that's created by external forces could be like the shoulds Mm -hmm. everyone is shooting all over you Mm -hmm. yeah all day long and that's that like those things cloud your sun not being in alignment with your own voice and message Mm -hmm. that clouds your radiance not feeling like you are really showing up as who you are that will cloud it Mm-hmm. not attracting the right people even like that, that dims your light. There's so many things. Mm-hmm. And so how do we enhance the radiance, the energy that you're bringing into your business while also honoring the natural rhythms of mm-hmm. the sun? Right. The sun 
isn't, we don't want it to shine at full capacity all of the time. That would be a recipe for disaster. So totally definitely burnout, like the forest fires we had this summer, or like I was saying earlier, like in our walk through the woods, seeing that the Creek was running again and it was so beautiful. And that like, the only way that would happen is for like the earth to have shifted and, um, for yeah, things to have calmed down, some clouds to come by and and the rain to come back. So yeah, yeah, I really love it. That as a, rhythm that is part of nature and we'll get to that too because a part of the framework is seasons the sun like when you can shine your brightest is when you are clear first and foremost on on who you are and actually I was listening to one of our clients Laura Foster her Mm. website is soul inspired girl and I was listening to her webinar this morning she was talking about like well how do you even know who you are. Yeah. I was going to ask you that. So I'm glad she did. The response, her response, I thought was really brilliant. And it was that you take the space to have a relationship with yourself. Beautiful. And that's rare, especially in an ongoing capacity, especially when you're like, I feel like I don't even want to talk to myself. Mm, Yeah. So knowing who you are, and maintaining that mm-hmm. core relationship and then also knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and your natural gifts mm. and your values and then choosing marketing methods that align right. with those things. Mm-hmm. So then let's play a little bit. What are you for Enneagram? Like I am you, three. For the Enneagram, right? You're a three. Wing two. Wing two, right. So what does that mean? Let's maybe break that down slightly more for people who don't know like Enneagram and like what what does being a three with or without a wing, but a flying three, what does that mean for you and to you in regards to your business? I love the Enneagram. And when I discovered it as a tool, it gave me a lot of insight into just certain aspects of myself. So the three is, I don't know if it's actually called this, but I think of it as like the achiever. Mm-hmm. And so you often define your worth by how much you do and how I, much you put out there and uh-huh. how recognized you are. And it's sort of an archetype of like working really hard and feeling uncomfortable when you're not, Uh not just feeling uncomfortable, but feeling unworthy. Okay. So I I do want to go more into Enneagram, but I'd love to like, so if you're a three in Enneagram, but what's your human design? Projector. So you're like, I need to work harder and do more, but you're also like, I should only work for four hours a day or something like that. Right. Yeah. Like, isn't, I'm neither of those. Cause I'm an eight and a generator. So like I, I am different, but like, so let's, we don't want to go too duty, but most of the people listening to this are like Shanti Zach fans already. So they probably want to dig into like what that might mean or how that might feel. Or I think a question I'd love to ask is how are you, taking care of both of those parts of yourself. So maybe first before that though, let's 
talk about what human design projector might be about. And then let's talk about it in relation to being a three, if that works for you. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with human design, it's kind of similar to astrology because it's based on your birth date and time. Yeah. And there's, but there's five core types and yeah. So the projector type is sort of known as the lighthouse. You want to be invited. You don't Mm. typically like to DM random people or show up in a way that feels intrusive in -hmm. any way. So if you don't feel invited, then you just stay back. And another part of the projector ideology, I guess, is that you are happiest when you work and produce for, they say about four hours a day, like your energy limits are just so much lower than other human design types. And at the same time, it's interesting because there's like a natural gift of being able to, I don't know if delegate is the right word, but Mm -hmm. come up with ideas and then get other people involved in executing that idea. You're not really meant to do it all yourself because it's hard for a projector typically to get the momentum necessary to do that. So, and that's not to say that everyone who's a projector will identify with those traits. Yeah. Like, yeah. When I learned that, I kind of just rolled my eyes, like four hours a day of being productive. <laughs> what? Yeah, but that's because you work for like a million hours. Most days. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but you're also young. Experiment to actually do that. Uh-huh. And I have, I have, because mm-hmm. my maternity leave after right. like, I, had, I had kind of the month off and then uh-huh. I just got back into it because... Like I could have taken more time off, but I have three kids now. I'm I've like figured out the new baby stage enough that I could work a little bit without feeling like I couldn't handle life. Right. And my husband is a stay-at-home dad. So that is a huge help too. But totally. But it also makes me think that that was your three taking over from your human design, if well, that makes and sense. It probably was. It probably was because <laughs> What I discovered is I'm more overwhelmed when I stop working. Uh-huh. I actually just like rest. Mm-hmm. This is just so weird to even say out loud, but that stresses me out more than just working consistently. Yes. Well, knowing you as well as I do, this does not surprise me at all because I'm pretty sure like over the summer, like you would probably work. No, I don't know that you were working like eight hour days. Right. But if you include your kids, then for sure. But then also like do a round of canning of tomatoes that you just picked right afterwards, if that makes sense, which is great because now we have like a sweet winter coming up for sure with like (laughs) your canning and my canning. But yeah, I think that that drive or that need to like produce and either to in order to feel worthy probably like pushes that. And I also think like, you know, I'm like 
whatever, a number of years older than you. And I don't feel old by any means, but I do think like the energy I had at 29, 30 is like at a different level than the energy that I have now. I'm still energetic. I'm a generator too. So I'm like, uh, I can give all of the energy in the world and work forever if I feel inspired. But if I don't, then I'm like walking away without saying goodbye sort of thing. Right. I won't, I don't, that's something I'm working on in this lifetime, but yeah, I can. Yeah. And so this also like tells me like, you know, how, if you are a business person and even if you're not into this kind of like woo BS or what have you, or there's probably some people who are mad at me for saying that. And then other people who are mad at us for even talking about it. There are things that you can like learn about yourself that are a little bit less woo, like even like Myers-Briggs or something, right? Like taking these assessments and coming to understand how you show up in the world and what you need would definitely make it way easier to build a business that fulfills you. And that isn't like taking all of your energy away rather than giving. Right. And yeah. Or just following some formula that doesn't take into account those important factors of who you are and how you best operate. Yeah. It'd be interesting to know like which human design type really loves going live on Instagram stories or like dancing on TikTok generators, I think. But then you're like pulling into other aspects of self, like introversion versus extroversion or Mm -hmm. so many other things. So I think being a person who creates quizzes, we of course study them as well and have taken like every assessment under the sun Mm -hmm. right and there's no one model or assessment that has all the answers sure definitely combined it's interesting Mm -hmm. to pull elements from each one and see like okay looking at all of these different things I have deeper understanding of of who I am yeah I love that what doesn't fit too And I think also, like, we don't even have to do these assessments. Like, who am I to say this? This quiz funnel builder saying, don't do assessments. In a lot of our quizzes, we actually, like, give journaling questions that people can ask. So, like, for me, I would say, like, morning pages and meditation are a couple of things that if I do those things, I'm just so much more clear on who I am and the direction that I want my life to take. And that makes making decisions so much easier. If you've never heard of morning pages before, it's from, Ooh, I forget the name of the book, the artist's way. way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's simple. It's just sort of the idea that like you wake up and just write and you don't even have to ever have to read it again. And sometimes there might be something beautiful you want to like, you know, turn into a poem or an essay or an Instagram post or what have you. But a lot of it is just like getting the stuff out so that you can be clear. And I don't know how to say her name properly. And I'm pretty sure I'm saying this wrong, but you reminded me of it when you started talking about the sun. Pima Chodron. How do you say that person's name? Oh yeah. That's how I say it. Okay. So the, she's got this one quote that I always think of. um, And it's like, you are the sky and everything else is just weather. And I think like the you that is the sky, that is the sun is 
you know, maybe what in like the yogic world we would call like the Atman, like the greater self, like the, 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 the person with a soul purpose or the soul with a purpose that like came into this world to do something. And when you live in a world with an economy like ours, that doing also probably should sustain you. So you can, you know, hit all of those hierarchies of need and like, you know, feed you at the same time, like feed you on a soul level, but also like feed you, <laughs> like yeah. give you some good organic tomatoes you can can for the winter and make the best spaghetti sauce ever from or something like that. Yeah, which so which is a good point because mm. there might be some people listening to this who are like deeply spiritual and feel like mm. they have a really strong sense of who they are and what they want, what they're working toward in life. And they may have done ayahuasca 10 times and (laughs) they might do morning pages every day. And like, they could be in all of that and connected to the sun aspect, but struggling with the bottom levels of that hierarchy of needs being like making the money to feed yourself, to take care of your family to just have your basic needs met, mm-hmm. which is where the other parts of the ecosystem come into. That's awesome. Then I love that. Let's let's move into the next part of the ecosystem to speak about. So with the sun, we have you. And whether you're an entrepreneur or not, whether you like work for yourself or you work for someone else, or like you just get to traipse around in the forest picking mushrooms, all of these things are still really important. All of these, like knowing who you are and how you want to show up in the world, whether it's just to be in relation to others and to be really in relation to the beautiful planet we live in in a way that brings you like soul fulfillment and I think a lot of the reason lots of us become entrepreneurs is because we want to work with our soul fulfillment and let it bring us our bodily nourishment as well like we we don't want to just be a a cog in a machine moving along a train track that we don't know where it goes or, or whether it's a runaway train or what have you. So yeah. Okay. So if you've got this clarity, or even if you don't have this clarity, you still need to eat. You still need to find people who need what you have. So how do you do that? Well, let's talk about the, the most important part of your ecosystem outside of the sun, mm-hmm. which really are the seeds. Sure. And the, your seeds within this ecosystem framework represent the people that you help or okay. that, you, that you could help. If right. you could just find a way to inspire that seed to crack right open and sprout mm. and grow mm-hmm. and see the holes within it, the blueprint for potential. The only way that it can open and grow into its fullest expression is with the help of the rest of the ecosystem. Like every element is so interconnected. Your seed represents your audience, your community. And in the case of your business, your seeds are your leads right? They are, and the lead, like, I know we both have such trouble with these, like, 
online marketing words <laughs> yeah. in definitions, right? Like, because we say, oh, I got 100 leads last week, and we totally forget that each of those leads mm-hmm. is a person. Mm-hmm. A human being. <laughs> rich with the potential to grow, to, mm. to transform if they have the right nourishment to mm. make that happen. So when you're looking through the lens of your business, what is going to make the tough exterior of a seed crack mm-hmm. open? It's the right environment, which mm-hmm. is influenced by the other elements. We're going to get into the soil and the water and the seasons. We've talked about the sun and that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth going back to that. My description of a seed mm-hmm. is that it has this tough exterior. And how does that relate to a lead, a person coming into your world? I think before you can gain someone to, someone's trust, before mm-hmm. you can get them to open up, they are typically going to be in that closed off, hardened state. It's a mm-hmm. protective mechanism. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the natural state of a, per, of a consumer in the online world, like taking in all this information, being sold to constantly, just barrages of messages from mm-hmm. all directions, mm-hmm. knowing that this person wants something from them or this company or this brand or like, right. And so we close ourselves off as consumers And the only way that we break open is, is that sun so not powerful? That's not the right word, but Mm. is the the light coming forth so inspiring that it makes you want to crack open a little bit, give it a chance. I love it. Kind of like you have to warm the soil before anything can burst open. And I mean, each seed needs a different type of preparation. I think tomato seeds have to ferment, not the seeds, but like the tomato itself has to ferment before it will ever open. So like, that's like, it's just made me think of like, um, we talk about them as like volunteer tomatoes, tomatoes that just like pop up that where you weren't expecting them. Um, I think you can totally see that in, in your audience. And those are probably like, maybe they were fermenting before they got to you. And you just had that like exact right soil composition and sunshine and water. Because like the life cycle of a lead, or I love the idea of calling it a seed instead, because like the nuance but a life cycle of a lead could be like anything from like someone who just met you, but is so ready to purchase whatever your offer is and invest to like, I think like up to at least 24 months, I'm doing like this HubSpot training just to be able to like manage with one of our clients. And one of the things is about life cycles and about the fact that like, you need to be like nourishing. Oh, they didn't say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way. Like you need to be like nourishing your leads sometimes for a long time before they become that like person who is ready to purchase your software or buy your course or get on a call even for like a 15 minute like strategy call that's mostly a bit of a pitch or what have you like it takes a long time and it takes so many different inputs and I think like similar to us gardening Sometimes we don't even know what those inputs are or what the soil pH is or what have you. We don't know what it will take to make 
it really work out well for these things to like bloom, blossom, even just sprout. And sometimes we have more ideas, right? Like I shoveled a lot of manure onto your garden beds this year. And that's probably part of the reason why our tomatoes went turned into like a crazy jungle. Yeah. But we didn't, we didn't measure the pH of that manure before we put it on there. We yeah. probably could have like, and maybe this is where like getting really into like analytics and testing and like, you know, having the proper UTM tracking and stuff could come in. But I also think there's just, There are so many things you can do to nourish the soil that your seeds live in, regardless of knowing exactly what nutrients they need. Yeah. And we're going to talk about soil and the role that that plays. Like, what does that represent? But before we do, Mm -hmm. I I think it's worth saying that like the analogy just kind of gets deeper and deeper with the seed thing, because number one, seeds can lay dormant for a long time. Yeah. Like they can just be chilling and nothing's inspiring them to crack open until it is. Mm -hmm. So, so there's that. And sometimes that's like out of your control Mm -hmm. and that's okay. As long as you're building the, the environment that would be conducive to that Mm -hmm. seed sprouting, you're good. And another thing about seeds is Dude, I don't know how many borage seeds I planted this yeah. year. Yeah. You were like, I love borage. And you bought so yeah. many. Yeah. <laughs> you gave me the seeds and I planted them. Where are they? But where are, like, one, one borage plant. Oh, did we get one? <laughs> but I planted so many. And so there's all, like a lot of ways that seeds can just kind of disappear. Yeah can be swept away into the wind and carried over to the next Mm -hmm. ecosystem. And maybe that was a more fitting environment for them. And that's okay. But Mm. odds are, if you're going to plant an entire pack of seeds, you're going to have at least a few that are successful. So Mm. think like for anyone listening, what I, what I mean by that in a real literal sense is if you are scared to put something out there, to launch a program or even just to like share your lead magnet. Mm -hmm. Trust that if you do, you'll get some, you'll get some, some leads, not all of them, but you're figuring it out. You're experimenting, you're learning what works, what doesn't all the while you're building a system that's regenerative. Mm -hmm. So it grows stronger and healthier with time. As, and with empathy. So like, let's say you put out a lead magnet and only four people downloaded it and gave you their email address. Like you don't disregard those four people and be like, oh, that didn't work. I think, I mean, you, you could ask them what they liked about it. What, like if they opened it, if they read it, if they got anything from it, what they would really like from you. I think it's like, maybe we are all a little bit of a projector in that we want to be invited in. So, so many people are like, oh, I don't want to email my list too much. I'm like, yeah, okay, fair. Like you don't want to be, but like, if you get to know something about them and then you're offering them like interesting value, like that's how you learn about it. That's how you get people replying and actually like (laughs) telling you how they feel about things or what they want from you or yeah. Or what have you. I, I don't want to move on from seeds yet. Cause I feel like you probably have more 
to say, but also I, I want to get back into ancient Greek. So let me know. Cause I think like for sure we have seeds laying dormant. We have seeds that need fermentation before they'll burst open. Uh, we talked about warming the soil. So what else, what else you got? Yeah. I mean, there's just this great diversity of seeds, obviously, and mm. of people. And they, mm-hmm. they're all going to need a different, a different set of parameters mm. in order to reach their potential. What does that potential represent? Okay. Well, this is where I want to just pause for a second and get back into like ancient Greece just for a second, because um, Aristotle said that like in every acorn is the telos of the oak tree. So like in every acorn is this in every seed is this potential towards the like ideal form of like either a person or yeah, like and I think it comes back to purpose. So like telos is like end game or purpose or what have you and like all of us have one or multiple and especially like in the different seasons of our lives there are different things that are going to be kind of like like there is no end game right but they're going to be like end game so yes that's all I I didn't mean to interrupt but I was like I really want to talk about Aristotle for a second (laughs) well I love that and it's so true what does that look like in a business from a business perspective? Let's say that you're a relationship coach mm-hmm. and you've got, and this is a quiz that is actually going to be coming out in the next few months, but you've got oh, a quiz that's like about finding your attachment style. Sure. Yeah. For someone who's curious about that, who maybe read something on Instagram from Mark Groves about the anxious attachment yeah. style. And it's like, Oh, I think that might be me. And then they see yeah. this quiz pop up in there and they take it and they discover, Oh, I actually am. I do have that anxious attachment style. What does that mean? And Oh, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. I just, I have a different way of relating and here are some different coping strategies and here's where I can use this as a strength. And that's great. Like suddenly I have more clarity and that's a really beautiful thing. And I trust this person on the other side of this because they showed up and they gave me this really relevant and genuine resource. So now Mm -hmm. you've got this seed and they've come into your world and they, they are starting to crack open. They're Mm -hmm. starting to come into their potential fully flourished state Mm -hmm. so they're in your world they're kind of cracking open and sprouting forth and maybe that sprouting action is connected to them investing in themselves and their desire to learn more about how they relate to others by buying your online course Mm. so let's say that they they do that and then you as the facilitator as the expert and the creator have a responsibility to do all that you can to support that person in getting to a place where they can experience like a harvest where they can bear fruit and take a bite and experience the juiciness of going from a seed to a Mm -hmm. flourished state of being like that full transformation and life cycle. And mm-hmm. then, okay, they've, they've figured this out. They've, re- they've reaped the rewards of the harvest. They've overcome this challenge that they had. And now they are going to 
<laughs> the person themselves is not going to decompose, right? Mm. But if it, if we were talking about a plant, then that plant would start to break down and decompose. And in the business sense, I think that decomposition is actually just that like remaining in that ecosystem. Person's helped you. There's other ways they can help you. You trust them. You want to like mm-hmm. stick around and be in community with them. You want to also give back to that ecosystem by telling other seeds. Sure. This is a good spot. This is a good place where you can reach your potential. Come on down. And that's where the system starts to strengthen. So I've been so grateful lately because I've noticed something that Hmm. a lot of the students who joined Grow With Quizzes, they want to stick around and they tell their friends and they want to join other different programs offering Hmm. that we're creating. And that's like a really beautiful thing. Mm. That's happening. Then it says to me, like, I'm doing some things right. Right. With my soil and my sun and water and all of that. Yeah. So I'm just going to pause for a second and back up a little bit, because I think that part of the reason that people want to stick around is like the nurturing that happens in that program. So like just, you know, like regular coaching on because to have a like really successful quiz, you have to have a lot of stuff sort of sorted out in your business. Right. And so I think that like you helping people do that is where that comes from. But then this is like me being silly, but like, so you were talking about the breakdown. I see it more as like leaves falling and like that being like, you know, when leaves fall, it's like they're giving back to the earth. And they are helping to like create that like stronger soil and also like creating more space for new buds and for new things. So like having been an anxiously attached person in the past, uh, I would say like Telos is probably like coming to security, like in game is being secure and you're not being secure in all of the time. But like, I feel like then the breakdown might be being able to recognize that attachments, other people's attachment styles and being able to relate to them from a secure place, even when you're like anxious or avoidant, like even when those come up, if you've like kind of integrated and like had a season actually to integrate to me, that's like the leaves are falling. You're coming into winter and everything can rest. And then in the spring, this soil is like so much stronger and different seeds can sprout. We could go so deep just on this one aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many parallels. Let's talk about the soil then. I really like that idea, like seeds coming to fruition also become your soil. Uh, but that's not all of it, right? The soil is composed of like so many things. Yeah, yeah. Well, the soil represents the terrain you cultivate that makes sales and transformation possible. Okay. So in your ecosystem, your Mm -hmm. business soil is a diverse collection of proven growth and connection strategies that enable customer transformation to take root. And that's where the consistent profit really comes from. Right. Yeah. 
but soil in and of itself is lifeless. Like, I guess we would call it dirt. Mm. Soil in its lifeless state is dirt. What brings it to life and enables growth is the microbial and mycelial life force Mm -hmm. that calls it home. This might sound like totally unrelated to your business, but if you think of it this way, your quiz or other lead magnets, your free content, your emails, your ads, your social presence, your website, your landing pages, the list goes on. Those are all lifeless Hmm. until you fill them with what I would call your messaging microbes, which are really like the words, stories, beliefs required for your seeds to sprout. Okay. Interesting. So in our world, there's so many, like you could just like get templates, right? And like a template could be maybe like lifeless, but have some like, you know, good practices and copywriting formulas and that sort of thing. But it's like you putting yourself into the template, but relating to your seeds is sort of like what allows or creates community and maybe one day sales, but definitely I think like transformation. You learn what your seeds need. In order to sprout, you learn what you need in order to feel like you're, you're being who you are. Your strategies are aligned with what you, how you want to feel, what you want to create. And then you bring those things back into the soil and the soil is just mm-hmm. going to get stronger and stronger and stronger with time. Mm-hmm. If you continue on that process of, of learning, moving forward with empathy towards self toward audience Mm -hmm. and really just like taking note of what is what is working and what's not and then Mm. bringing that back to building building that soil so you can create something that grows stronger with time instead of that just becomes more and more depleted yeah which is definitely often that's what happens if you're just in yeah. like constant push mode and you're you're just trying to get as many seeds as you possibly can and you're spraying them with a whole bunch of chemicals yeah. that that are going to maybe for the short term mm-hmm. get them growing but for the long term are going to cause serious damage feels like false promises, like glyphosate and false promises could make totally. it like a really, really similar thing. Yeah. Um, yeah like like follow through. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're kind of like starting to talk about like monoculture versus like biodiverse eco. And like, yeah, when you, when you jump into like monoculture, I, I actually just reminds me that like, so uh, Shanti and I are both from Alberta, just outside of Edmonton, different sides of it. But like, I think it was like in the thirties or something, they called the prairies, like the dust bowl, because they like decimated the grasslands and the forests and they cut down all the trees. And so all the topsoil literally blew away. So in trying to do this like massive farming thing, which is still happening on the prairies, but now you'll see like these lines of trees and that's like literally to be a windbreak to stop the soil from blowing away. I also feel like launching and always, always, always launching and trying to get people to buy from you all the time 
I don't mean like having an offer in an email. I mean like every email coming out being this like strong sales email. I feel like that can do a similar sort of thing and decimate your soil. Like I probably, I love the idea of having a call to action and maybe even something to sell in each email. But if you were only sending me like buy my shit (laughs) emails, I would unsubscribe from your list, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is why like part of the common launch model is value, 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 and then ask. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then often even that like quote unquote value is Mm -hmm. just like couched in by my thing. And it's not like really coming from a place of generosity. The soil is a big topic because it's, it's copywriting, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it's what's in your offer mm. that's going to be so compelling. It's understanding the beliefs of the people who might buy from you and who would be a good mm-hmm. fit to go through whatever transformation you provide. It's understanding mm-hmm. the journey that they're on. So bringing back that empathy piece. And it's also, you know, sharing yourself and Mm. your own stories and values. And is that going to resonate the people who are your seeds? Like there's lots to it. Just like with regular soil, there's a universe in there. Uh Makes me think of that compost heap that I was telling you, our friend Renee has created. That was like, we went and looked at, we went and looked at his garden, um, but it was like steaming. It was literally steaming. And it was like the right amount of like leaves and, you know, his veggies. I think he put a raven in there. He's kind of witchy, but like to decompose it right into it. And then it's going to go back into the garden. But the compost heap isn't... It's got to sit for a while before it becomes soil. Like right now it's leaves and veggie scraps and maybe a raven, if if that makes sense. But in order for it to get that hot, my understanding is it needs to be like four feet by four feet across. And like there needs to be the right layering of the leaves and the veggies and the birds. So I guess... Yeah. And I think this is going to be, this is like, I saw some meme the other day. It's like every marketing guru ever. It depends. I'm like, but it does depend. Um, And I think that like, we can't tell you from this podcast exactly what your soil needs, but I think there's probably some ways, and this might be an interesting topic for like another podcast or a blog post or an email or something, but there are probably some ways that you could like self-assess to see what's missing after you say you do launch, like, okay, like, and, and, and maybe setting that post launch, why didn't you buy a survey too? But like, there are probably ways to self-assess and assess like the health of your soil and then figure out what needs to go in there and like put good things in. Yeah. yeah everyone's needs in that department are going to be different. hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, we can we can go deeper on the like different components of that, I think, in yeah. a future episode. But just understanding that it's part like partly the soil is what's gonna yeah. 
help those seeds to germinate and grow. Yeah, totally. And then nothing grows without water. Even even in the desert, the things that grow are the things that can like hold as much water in as possible and poke as many things away as possible. So you kind of spoke a little bit about it at the beginning, but can you tell me what water is in the system? Because this is something we were talking about before that you kind of hadn't figured out. So I'm excited to hear about what is water, Chantel? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that a movie? What is water? Or like the secret life of water. I don't know if that's right. There's definitely the secret life of trees. Yeah. Okay. Water represents the dynamic ebb and flow of your market. So like I said, change is the only constant. When you understand how to go with the flow instead of against it, you will be so much better positioned to... Make it rain. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I love it. Like water represents the fluid nature of Mm -hmm. dynamics and your ability to not just stay afloat, but to ride the waves of change and use them to your advantage. Just like the sky gives you signs when it's about to let it pour, your market is constantly communicating. Yeah, like the deeper methodology is like learning how to listen. How do you identify these key signals and what to do about them? Which, again, that empathy thread, that's like throughout every Mm -hmm. element. But I wanted to give an example. And I think it's a quite obvious example in that being the whole pandemic situation and how that influenced online business. Mm -hmm. Well, it influenced every business, really. And for some, it was very destructive. And for some, it was very lucrative. But like, look at restaurants and the pivots that were made. Mm -hmm. That never would have happened if the dynamics in the market hadn't changed so dramatically. Mm. Places that had never offered takeout, offering takeout. Mm-hmm. It was studios that had never offered online yoga classes, offering sure. online yoga classes. Amy Porterfield during like the first of gosh, like 20 billion lockdowns. She did this daily session in her okay. membership program that was like specifically about like, what pivots do you need to make right now? Don't give up. Don't let this, stop you let's look at like what people are needing how things have changed how you can adapt and so Mm -hmm. she she did that wasn't like part of the plan but she knew that's what people needed and then like Mm -hmm. the testimonials that came from that were crazy people Mm -hmm. who like just took her advice they they saw her as a rock during this crazy time and they made some changes that resulted in really positive, potentially business saving results. Mm-hmm. So that's just one really easy example, mm-hmm. but there's tons. Like I think of like my dad who is a financial planner. He finally sold his business. I'm so happy for him. Dad, if you're listening to this, which you most likely are not, <laughs> I can't wait for you to move onto my property over here, but (laughs) we'll see. Anyways, he 
you know, always like got his clients the old school way via like in-person networking and referrals. And at one point had plenty of young people coming in, investing their money. And then Mm -hmm. technology really took over that space. Like, like AI and apps like Wealthsimple and crypto and like so much changed. How could he have seen the early signs of that and gone in a different direction? Hindsight is 2020, right? But I think that we all, if we're really present to what's going on in the outer world, within mm-hmm. us, we have the opportunity mm-hmm. to make a change and adapt before it hits that critical point where it's like, well, Definitely. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I used to own a yoga studio as you know, before the pandemic hit. Um, and I only say that to say like, I have a lot of friends who own yoga studios. My one friend owns a studio and I think they were the first people with online classes in Canada after the pandemic hit. It was like, this happened. I swear, like, it was like Friday that we were told we weren't allowed to leave our house anymore. And like on Monday, they launched Zoom yoga classes. And I think times are still really hard for yoga studios, but they're still doing it and they're still in existence shout out Moto Yoga Kelowna. Love you guys. And they're still serving their people, which was like what they were about. And I think like that, the son of um, Kylie, the son of that, of that place, like it's about service for her. And I think like, that's why they pivoted so fast was to serve because they were like, Oh my God, this is a crazy time. We can't take away people's yoga too. And I I know there's so many studios that didn't really survive this time. And it really was like being fluid, being fluid. And then also like being active that, that made that happen. And yeah, watching, like noticing what's happening in the world around you and I'm sure pivoting, but also flowing, flowing with it. There's a, a Lao Tzu quote that I, I'd love to to like read now if that works for you. So it's like water is fluid, soft and yielding, but water will wear away rock, which is rigid and cannot yield. As a rule, whatever is fluid, soft and yielding will overcome whatever is rigid and hard. This is another paradox. What is soft is strong. Yeah. So I just think that's really beautiful. And I think knowing yourself as the sun and what it takes for you to be able to pivot and shift when the world around you, your ecosystem shifts is like really important and will help you be able to make those changes so that you're not like, no, we're just going to keep doing it this way and hope that things come back to whatever the new normal is, right? It's like being able to be fluid and yielding, but stay together. And water is very attracted to itself as well. So yeah, I yeah. love that quote. That's so good. So beautiful, right? Yeah, I think there's like a, another one. It's like if you look at like the paths in the world, mm, so many of them, okay, lots of them came from animals walking, but so many of them did come from water, right? Or like the river valley in um, Edmonton, where we're from, is like so deep. You can just see how old that river is and it's still flowing, but you can see where it shifts too. 
because of like things that got in the way or what have you. And I'm, I'm going to stop soon, but I think that letting water do its thing and following its path rather than trying to like dam it up and then move it in the direction that you want is generally going to be a longer lasting method of nourishing and nurturing your ecosystem. So like not trying to force this sort of training on people, but like seeing like, oh, this is actually what they need. And so that's what I'll create rather than like damning them up and telling them to go this way. It's a good way to probably get them to uh, move on <laughs> to another ecosystem. Yeah. And the water piece is like also still figuring out, well, what, how do you stay in tune with those mm-hmm. dynamic changes? Mm-hmm. And I think that probably comes from giving yourself enough space, which I don't always give myself. That is <laughs> becoming obvious from this episode, but to really just like witness, be present, reflect, ask questions mm. to the people who are coming into your world. Mm-hmm. And just stay tuned into that and stay fluid and flexible and in that flow. Yeah. And, and like not always having to produce and like giving yourself a chance to rest and like following the seasons of life. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the seasons. Let's talk that's- about them. A great segue. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Season. (laughs) I define it as the rhythm of sustainable success. Society, social media, your students, your subscribers, and sometimes perfect strangers Hmm. are going to expect you to be on all the time. Sure. And yourself, even. Uh But that's not how nature works. Right. Mm -mm. Like when you learn to work with the laws of the seasons in your business, you can set yourself up for success that doesn't rely on you being in that perpetual harvest mode Mm -hmm. or that like full blown radiant sun all the time. Yeah. You can build support systems on both a personal and a business level that make regenerating the magic that makes results and growth in your business possible. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. I think that just like so many people in our world, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, are like constantly on the verge of burnout. And that like, if we were allowed to recognize that sometimes we're like able to produce a lot and other times we need to like curl up in bed and drink hot chocolate with a good book or TikTok or whatever, like it would would just give us like so much more... Well, I guess like ability to flourish and show up as ourselves and to actually create the things that we want to create and create the things that our seeds or our audience actually might need from us. I think, yeah, when you're just like on all the time, it's like your mind is leading the way and maybe you're trying to follow a blueprint or like we talked about Amy Porterfield a little bit, like trying to show up like Amy Porterfield and like give yourself, give pivot tips every single day. Like that just might not be who you are in that moment. And I think that that's like totally all right. We don't, we're, 
there's only one Amy Porterfield and there's only supposed to be one. And even she probably needs to rest sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you can be in a different season in your life mm-hmm. than you are in your business. And when you try to like straddle the summer season in your life and the summer season in your business, that's like mm. a recipe for burnout. And then like, it could go a lot of different ways. Like maybe in your business, you're in the, that like fallow phase of stillness and regeneration, but in your life, you might be in like a new romance and it mm. feels like spring and everything is so beautiful and amazing mm. and great. Mm-hmm. And, and the, it can be both, but it's really just acknowledging like which season am I in and then knowing mm-hmm. how to support yourself throughout that season in your life or in your business. Yeah. And something about having the support that you need. So when you're not in this like summer or late spring or even harvest season in your business, your business can continue to serve people and can continue to show up in like without you having to necessarily like, you know, put on contouring, and like, like get your glow light on. I don't even know what that's called. A ring light. Yeah, we're, ring light we're always contouring around here. <laughs> yeah. Neither of us know how to contour, but I did want to like say like, if I was going to show up on Instagram every day or like do YouTube videos and stuff like that, maybe I would learn how to give yeah. myself a little bit more. I watched the contouring TikToks. Oh, okay. Wow. That looks so fascinating. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like it's an E. That's what I know. It's an E with a little smudging. But yeah. but more what I'm saying is like in, in this, or, or like, let's bring it into like the corporate life where like, you don't get to be in a season. You have to show up. You have to yeah. like button up, put your tie on, put it on your high heels. Sometimes you have to wear high heels and ties at the same time. If you're like working I don't know, a steakhouse or something anyway, and then show up as not the best version of yourself, but like the most corporate version of yourself in order to like make them sales, hit those targets. So yeah, yeah. Right. there's no opportunity for for pause, for you Mm -hmm. to have that natural rhythm. And that's the beauty of either being able to do your own thing or working with a company that gives you that space and that recognizes that. So that's a huge gift to be able Mm. to create that in your life and not feel like you need to be in perpetual harvest Totally to know that it's totally normal to not feel inspired all the time, not be making mm. massive amounts of money all the time. There's a lot of, of layers to it. And I want to just give an example from my own life, like how I sort of used what I would say is a seasonal approach to when baby Asher was born. Mm. So I acknowledged that this is a really busy season of my life. Mm-hmm. I have like three kids, two <laughs> under two. And how can I, in my business, make that easier mm. in life? So I got rid of a retainer client that was taking a lot of time mm-hmm. every month, even though I love them and it's great mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. It was time to 
let that go and, and make a transition, shift into a different season of more, just a cadence of more, less time from me with yeah. more impact, not to sound mm. cliche, but what, like the, the transition was, okay, let's move from this retainer, but replace that income with an evergreen sales funnel. Yeah. I'm not going to think about launching, taking that off the plate, make it easy, mm-hmm. but not necessarily sacrificing the income. Yeah. That's important. Right. And yeah. finding a way to do that. So for me, mm-hmm. the solution was to create that evergreen version of growth quizzes, mm-hmm. set up that system and that funnel to work when I wasn't working. Yeah, totally. And actually uh, you shifted that retainer client time that pretty much like all went towards getting growth quizzes evergreen to getting it ready. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that was Which, like this fallow period of like, uh, I don't even know if this is going to work. Am I totally uh-huh. stupid for even doing this? Uh-huh. No, you weren't, but go on. <laughs> yeah. But like you need yeah. to create space. Uh-huh. To- bring that, bring something like that forth. And also in that same time, a seed that was hanging out in your soil came up to me and was like, I know that Shanti's having a baby. I love you guys so much. I want to work for you. And bringing her on board, Elisa shout out was like super amazing. Right. And like, like intuitively, I mean, she's a, she's a, a ascendant masters led human being with also with a great copywriting coach anyway. But having said that, like, like her coming on allowed us to actually be able to focus on that and continue like on evergreening grow with quizzes and continue to like work on one of our other retainer clients where it didn't, cause like, didn't have to be only you like like that one client was like only Shanti can write for this person. And so that's like why we had to let them go. And I just, yeah, I just wanted to bring it back to like, you don't know, like you don't know what you're creating and you don't know who the people are and you don't know the different ways that they can help you in your ecosystem. It's just like being like water and going with the flow and then like being open. Like, like I think that your business is, you know, like in sprouting phase, right? Whereas maybe it was like in seed phase, not very long ago. And it was definitely like having these inputs from the outside that has allowed it to start blossoming and growing. And I mean, it was perfect timing to bring on another person on our team who's like, she's full time now and she's incredible. And like, we can like really create amazing things together. And like, that didn't come from your head, if that makes sense, right? Like your head was like, I need to do this thing and allowing input from outside. It was still from the ecosystem, but like from the outside is like part of what has like enabled us to, to move forward and maybe like gave you a little bit of extra time for, for a a, a hilarious maternity leave. (laughs) (laughs) Tuning into those seasons. Mm -hmm. That would be a fun quiz for us to create eventually. Like favorite season are you in? How do you support yourself from this place? 
But then maybe we also wanted it to be like, what season are you in and what kind of sun are you or something? Like maybe this is like our finally our big quiz, like our like deeper like assessment that like yeah. plays everything in. Now we're just jamming out on work stuff. So <laughs> I won't. Something I won't. cool is coming. Yeah. I want to speak a little bit. I mean, I'll be honest. There's a note here that says like, what season are you in Dawn? And I was thinking about that as you were speaking about seasons and I'm really not sure what season I'm in. I feel like I might be like in late winter or something like somewhere where things are like percolating, but I'm not sure what's about to sprout up. But I do remember, and I don't know what season this would be, but I do remember um, at the end of my tenure as a yoga studio owner. I remember like going through a lot of grief. A number of friends passed away um, and I had a big breakup and like I couldn't show up as this like empathetic, caring, loving, healing, sort of like mother goddess of the yoga space or whatever. Like I couldn't show up in that way anymore. And when I allowed myself to step back from it, that's like when I started like working with you more. And so I think that like a thing happens where we feel like we're not showing up as we're supposed to be. And I think like self-compassion, recognizing, even if you can't like put a finger on what season it is, but recognizing that you are not in this like bright, sunny harvesting time and allowing things to flow might be like a really beautiful way to continue to like, you know, make choices in life, but allow the universe to present you with gifts that you couldn't even have imagined before. And I feel like maybe like, okay, coming back to gardening, we were doing like some lasagna gardening, right? And we had cardboard down on those beds. And then like, you're like, oh my God, Dawn. And like, you moved the cardboard down and like asparagus was popping up all over that bed. And we couldn't have known that it was there. And if you had tilled that bed, instead of just like being like, okay, we don't have time for this. We'll just cover it with, um, with cardboard for now. And like, if you had tilled that, then we wouldn't have had such a sweet, ridiculous um, asparagus harvest, which will be better next year, I bet, without cardboard on the bed. But yeah, just, just to bring it back to that, it's like, you don't know what your ecosystem is producing, you know, and sometimes surface. Yeah, totally. You don't know what seeds are in there and you don't know how you've been helping them. So I think, I think this like letting yourself be who you are doing everything you can to nurture your audience in your business, these seeds and like being flowy, taking time to rest. I really think that like, there's no blueprint to success, but I bet <laughs> if there was, it would be some sort of like nuanced ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much for asking yeah. all the questions. On- <laughs> all of the things and thank all of you for listening Mm -hmm. and there's so much more like we can go deeper on each of those but I think that was a good breakdown totally I I feel more clear on our business model now (laughs) I think I just want to say again that if you have any feedback anything you want us to talk about please feel free to give it to us we will link the form in the show notes and we also have an unfair advantages quiz that can help you figure out 
although we got in trouble for saying unfair advantage, but we can, that help, can help you figure out what it is about yourself that is your advantage in the entrepreneurial world. So we're going to link that in the show notes too. So thank you for listening. And Shanti, you want to want to close us out? Love you all. Yeah. Thank you for being in our ecosystem. Well, look at you listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sowing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around what your unique advantage is in this wild and wacky online world, take the unfair advantage quiz at shandyzack.com forward slash UA quiz. And thank you again, sunshine. Go light up the world and we'll see you next time.